free while they're supposed to be. Songs from 1971 when Barry John reigned supreme as the theme on the country today. That is the Hollies, of course, too young to be married. Our next guest was possibly too young to be married in 1971. I'm not quite sure about that. But complexion aside, you were a bit of a lady slayer back in the day, weren't you, uh, Jim Hopkins? <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> OK, we'll take that as a no. When but you're in the debating team, you're yes. not exactly a babe magnet. <laughs> yeah, well, I take it you didn't line up for Canterbury against the 1971 Lions because that, that was a bloodbath. They sent a couple of those British Lions props home after that one. Old Grizz Wiley and co sorted them out. Well, yes and no. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought rugby at that stage in my life, well, rugby was stupefyingly boring. It was... Uh, I seem to remember the, um, I can't remember who the coach was, uh, Ivan Vodanovich, I think, and he talked about going to be trench warfare or something. And essentially we played 10-man rugby, just plugging the touchline, and, and that was it. And it was dull as ditch water. And then the 71 Lions, they had a back line and they ran and they passed the ball. And, and they were hugely exciting in my view. I mean, probably if you watch today, they, it might be relatively um, staid and, and tiresome, but at the time it was a revelation. And it genuinely fired my interest in rugby that has remained um, strong from that day to this. We're playing songs from 1971, and just before we get on to the hard <laughs> issues of the day, namely <laughs> racial division in this country, you did tell me in the commercial break that in 1971 <laughs> you were in the process of setting up a pirate radio station offshore... <laughs> from Christchurch, and then, if that wasn't enough, you name-dropped that one of your, this was a good name-drop too, one of your fellow DJs was none other than Sam Neill. Well, it's all true. Um, I was sort of hanging around university at the time, and um, we'd written a couple of student reviews and um, had aspirations to be the next Monty Python. Um, and we decided that we're going to have a pirate radio station, because you may remember the Terry had been sort of operating up in Auckland, and um, we teed up a boat uh, that was going to go offshore from Littleton, you know, past the 12-mile limit into international waters. And we were going to broadcast uh, 24-7 for the capping week, the university capping week. And we were, the four of us, Endel Lust, um, Jeremy Smith, Sam Neill and I, we were the four DJs. And we were doing all these air shifts and, you know, we had a clock on the table and working out what time of the day we were actually supposed to be broadcasting and playing music badly and fantastically. And all was good to go. I mean, we were going to be sort of revolutionary radicals and reshape the radio environment in the Southern Hemisphere or the South Island. And then about three days before Capping Week, the owner of the boat got legal advice that if he did indeed proceed past the 12-mile limit, his boat would be sunk and he'd be hung, drawn and quartered and his assets... Uh, sold to you know uh, cover the the debts and and um, and and, uh, and the ignominy of his um, of his behaviour. So the whole thing actually died. We never we never went you, to sea and we never went to air. Okay, you sunk without <laughs> trace. No pun intended. Hey, just quickly, a, a comment on Sam Neill. Did you pick him as a star back then? Oh yeah, I mean, Sam, I mean he had this wonderful sort of mellifluous voice, and he always has had a, a sort of um, uh, a kind of an air of grandeur about him. Um, oddly enough, uh, he went up to Wellington to work for the National Film Unit, which I had had some aspirations to do as well. 
and proceeded from there to an acting career and um, Sleeping Dogs and the rest, as we know, is history. I think you had a face for radio. It's a pity that your radio career sunk without trace. Now, it's time to get serious. Are you we? Uh, well, I thought I'd start. I thought I'd start twenty twenty four off with a good is insult. It, you it, know, you know, I love you. you. Yes. Is that racist? Is that racist? Well, I'm going to talk to you about Waitangi Day. Is that racist? Why am I racist? Why am I racist? <laughs> Well, I think you said something horrible about me, and, and no, no, I, I, I just, I just, no, I, no, I, I belong to a racial group. No, 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 I just intimidate, uh, intimated, <laughs> should I say, not intimidated, intimated that uh, compared to Sam Neill, you weren't an oil painting. Anyhow, Jim, <laughs> sorry, Tom, Tom Scott used to say that NASA hired my head for so astronauts could practice moonlight. <laughs> How bad is it going to be tomorrow? David Seymour, Winston and Shane, they've um, poked the hornet's nest. Mm, well, look, being serious now, um, I think we're 2024 is going to be ugly. I think we're heading for a clash of expectations, unfortunately, because, in fact, we've actually got two groups of people, both of whom have got their hopes up, and they're on a collision course. The people who voted for change because they wanted to roll back the, the largely secret and undisclosed co-government uh, agenda and the people who actually saw benefit for themselves and um, and, and their uh, ethnic group in pursuing the co-governance agenda, they're, they're both going to... Both have got their hopes up and they're going to... They're heading together at a high speed of knots. It's going to be a head-on collision, I fear, but um, it will get ugly or uglier than it is at the moment. I mean, most of the ugliness at the moment, and unfortunately, is coming from the government's critics. You've got fatuous comments like right? the guy at Duranga Waiwai calling the government illiterate white supremacists and so on. And we'll, there's going to be more of that tomorrow. Um, but I, I, look, here's my thing, Jamie, and it's, a, and it's a fundamental point that absolutely must be made. It is not racist to debate the meaning and importance of the Treaty of Waitangi. It isn't. I mean, it, any more than it would be racist to debate the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights or the US Constitution or the Domesday Book. You know, it, it is not racist to debate the importance and meaning and intention of a political document, which the Treaty of Waitangi was. Jim Hopkins, I'm inclined to agree with you. Look, thank you very much for your time. I still can't believe you were mates with Sam Neill all those years ago. 1971, it seems like yesterday for some of us. Thanks for your time, mate. Take care, pal.